good to be here? Sort of, right? In this nice, brisk morning. Wow, I just love the cold. A little bit of sarcasm there. Uh, things have changed since the last time I was here. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, change is always good, I think. I enjoy to, you know, doing, uh, doing different things and, and that kind of thing. But anyway, it's so nice to be here with, with all of you and with the, the folks online. Uh, so we, uh, first off, thank you so much. You know, Bing's already said uh, thank you on behalf of uh, Princeton Alliance. And, and uh, we have been partners now for, I think, 14, 15 years. You have partnered with uh, Tammy and I. And so from the bottom of our hearts, our family, thank you so much, Princeton Alliance, uh, for what you have done for us and, and what you continue to do. And so we are, uh, we are blessed to, uh, to partner together, to be called your partners, and so thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you uh, do your part, and, and we try to do our part, and so, again, I uh, can't say that enough. Today, I just wanted to, uh, to talk, uh, maybe, maybe fitting in, in what we're talking about, but just radical generosity, and what does it mean? And, and so I've taken a passage from Acts chapter 16, and I want to read it, uh, you know, and then we'll, we'll dive into it. But Acts chapter 16, verses 11 through 15. And so it says, From Troas we put out to sea and sailed straight to Samothrace. And the next day we went on to Neapolis. From there we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and a leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. After uh, Lydia believed, she was baptized. And it says in this passage in, in verse 15 uh, that if you consider, or verse 15, when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. It just wasn't her. You know, it was her whole household, and we're not sure whether that means just her family, her immediate family, or everybody in her house. She immediately, at that point, began to use her spiritual gifts. Amen? She began to use her spiritual gifts of, of hospitality. And in verse 16, and she persuaded us. Wow. What a persuasive woman. And I don't know whether you have come across somebody like that in your life, but to be persuaded 
You know, come and, and stay with me, not just you, but, but your companions. Come and stay. I've received hospitality like that in the past, being a missionary. And, and as we go and, and speak in churches and here at Princeton Alliance Churches, there, uh, at Princeton Alliance Church, there, there have been many people that have, that have shown us hospitality. When we've come back from the mission field for a few months, you have put us up in a home or, or an apartment. And, you know, as we come and speak, you, you open your home to us. Thank you. Now, now, those who have shown us hospitality over these last, uh, you know, 20 years, 16 years on the mission field, and, and as people open up their home, what an opportunity that we get to see people who are generous with what God has given to them. And, and, and in this passage in Acts chapter 16, Lydia used her gift of hospitality. She was generous with Paul and, and his companions of opening up her home. Because of her generosity, because of her generosity to Paul and his companions, the church in Asia was established. Would it have advanced without her generosity? Yes, I'm sure of it. But she made uh, it easier for the gospel be, to be presented, to, to, for the gospel to be preached in Asia. In Acts 16, verses 6 through 10, just previous to what I just read, it says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mycenae and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. The amazing thing in, in, in Acts chapter 16 that we see is that God rerouted Paul. And I don't know about you, but when God reroutes me, I don't like it. Like, you know, it's sometimes we go, God, why? I can remember as we, we interviewed for a church, and we ended up going to this church, the last church that we served in before we went to the mission field. And I, I still believe to this day that it was God's will for us to go to that church. And we went there and we served in this church. But it was like, what? Like it wasn't what we thought. And, and I really believe to this day that one of the reasons why God brought us there was to get us to the mission field sooner than later. And I look back on that, and I don't know about you, but I hate traffic. You know, to sit, <laughs> to sit on the turnpike 
or going in, we, we flew in on, on uh, Friday, I know, I think, yeah, it was Friday. And to go into the Lincoln Tunnel, you know, 10 lanes into two. Who loves that? And, and, and just being rerouted, you know, and, and the, the, the GPS rerouting. Ah, I hate that. But to be rerouted and, and to see what God does through that, it's amazing, isn't it? And one of the things that we've done in the Dominican Republic, we've started a couple factories, and one of them is a furniture factory. And we had an order in the fall for 50 bedroom suites. And so our, uh, the guy who's in charge of our furniture factory had to hire, uh, I think he had 10 guys, he had to hire six extra. And We've started, just this last uh, fall, we started having uh, devotionals Monday and Friday at Community of Hope. And during one of those devotionals, one young man who was brought in temporarily prayed to receive Christ. You know, and, and, and if, he, if we didn't have that big order and if we didn't have to hire more guys for a short term, would he have come to know Jesus? I don't know. But I'm telling you, because of what happened in our life and, and he came to our, uh, our property for work, he is now part of the family, the global family, part of what we're doing here. So radical generosity uh, defined by uh, the definition of radical generosity. So radical, something that is not so common, extravagant. Uh, extraordinary. That's what radical is. Generosity, the quality of being kind. So put that together. What is radical generosity? And and from Scripture, I want to just share three things from Scripture that we can learn from Scripture about radical generosity. The first is radical generosity is always a sacrifice, and sometimes it doesn't make sense. There's always something else that you can do with the extra little bit of money that God has given to us. There's always a worst case scenario that, oh, if I, you know, I can do that and then something comes up. (coughs) Luke chapter 21 verses 1 through 4, and I'm reading this from the message because I love the way that Eugene Peterson writes it. Just then he looked up and saw the rich people dropping offerings in the collection plate. Then he saw a poor widow put in two pennies. He said the plain truth is that this widow has given by far the largest offering today. All these others made offerings that they'll never miss. She gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. Jesus compares these two offering offerings, the rich man and the widow, demonstrating that all gifts are needed. All gifts are needed, whether it's big or small, whether it's three dollars or three million. All gifts are needed to further the kingdom. In my world of going and speaking in churches. I have witnessed all of it. 
I was in a church a couple years ago speaking and I was staying with the pastor and his son came to me after dinner and gave me an envelope. And I, I looked at my friend who was a pastor and, and he said, that's from you know, his son. And I said, oh, thank you. And I opened it up and there was maybe $3 if I added it all up together. And I said, thank you. And as the young man went to play with his, his toys, my friend said, he was saving that to give it to you for your ministry. And I was blown away. Another young boy, part of a, a family friends, saved his, his allowance for the year. And he gave it to us to be able to help with the housing project at Community of Hope. In the fall of this, this year, I was speaking in a church and there was this uh, older lady that came up to me at the end of the service and gave me two envelopes, one from her and then one from her husband. And each envelope had $10. And you, I mean, I'm just blown away with that. That God would, would put these people in my life who are giving their all. And during this pandemic, during this last year, 2020, we have witnessed firsthand where, where people are radical, that they are generous with way more than they have been before. And, and I've talked to, to many of our church partners. Yes, church attendance, physical church attendance has plummeted around the world. But to see what God is doing through the church is amazing. As I talk to my, my pastor friends, yes, church attendance is down, but giving is up. And it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Radical generosity sometimes just doesn't make sense. I'm hearing story after story. And, and, and for us, as we do ministry in the Dominican Republic, as, as we look at Mission 2535, and many of you know that we do short-term mission trips. We invite churches from the states to come to partner with us. And just to let you know, this year was horrible for that. Nobody was traveling. We had two groups in January. And after that, nothing we lost, Mission 2535 lost about $150,000 in revenue because that's what we would take in from our teams that come on short-term mission trips. And so right off the bat, we were $150,000 uh, lower than, than usual. But I'm here today to say that God is so good. We ended up the, the same as the previous year. That means that, that our donors that, that continued to give, Princeton Alliance Church continued to give and give more. Churches around the United States have done the same. And so radical generosity, sometimes it just doesn't make sense. The second point that I want to uh, point out 
to you is that radical generosity is more than just giving money. This means that we need to be sensitive to the needs of others, what's going on around us. We need to open our eyes and, and to see the need that is out there. What, what are the needs? Do we even know those needs? We need to have 2020 vision. We need to be able to see the need that's around us. If I were to ask you for an example of the most generous person you've ever met, who would it be? I'm sure that as, as I ask you that question, you are, there's a name that has already come to you. For me, that name is Jeremy. And Jeremy was in the last church that we served in. And we had services on Saturday night, and, and there was this man that came up to me. His name was Rick. Amazing, amazing guy, because he had a good name, right? And he came up to me, and he said, uh, I was told that I, I needed to talk to you and that you would find me a place. He says, I've been living out of my car for two months. You need to find me a place to stay. And I said, okay. So we sat, and we talked. And I had no clue. And, and as he's sharing, I'm just praying, God, what? What do I need to do? And, and as we stopped, I, I thought, hey, I'm going to call my friend Jeremy. And I called Jeremy and I said, Jeremy, there's this guy at church who has been living in his car for two months. Uh, can he stay with you? And he had already, Jeremy already had a roommate who he was allowing to stay at his place. And before I hung up, he said, yes, bring him over. And so I took Rick over there, and Rick stayed with Jeremy for about three months on the couch. What a, an amazing man. You know, and he did this time and time again. After, Jer uh, after Rick and, and the other roommate left, Jeremy moved out of his house because there was a homeless woman in the community who had three kids and the shelter would not allow her and her three kids to stay and so Jeremy moved out of his house so that this lady could be with her kids. Wow. That's radical generosity. It's not opening up his checkbook and writing a check but it's, it's doing more. Radical generosity is more than just giving money. And we read this in Acts chapter 16 with Lydia. As Lydia opened her house to Paul and his companions. But not only did she open her house, but, you know, gave her all. Gave her, uh, her money, her servants, food, resources, whatever it is. It's amazing to see People who are radical with what God gave them. Not foolish, but radical. We can use what God has given us to further the kingdom. We go to a, a local dump. And we go with food and with the gospel. Just yesterday, was sent some pictures from one of our workers. And... Uh, we had 160 boxes from Samaritan's Purse given to us. 
And so the Christmas boxes, maybe you packed a couple yourselves. I don't know. But when we get back, we'll go to the dump and, and give uh, these boxes to the families of the workers at the local dump. What an opportunity to be able to, to, to be generous with what God has given to us. We've gone several times, what Tammy had mentioned in uh, the video, that we were able to bless 150 churches. We, we went to the dump with bags of food for each of these families. We're, we're in the process of, of doing a youth rehabilitation center, opening up our own youth rehabilitation center. We're calling it the, the house uh, Casa de Mateo, and we're naming it after uh, one of our, our interns from a few years ago, Matt McCormick. Just the opportunity that, that we have to bless those kids in the Dominican Republic who are, uh, who are suffering with addiction, but to be able to walk alongside of them and to, to minister to them and then we've, over these last nine months, you know, being able, social media has been amazing to, to get some great ideas and, and to be able to stay connected with churches back here for us. And, and, you know, we were able to see what churches here were doing with the COVID relief. You know, we couldn't do uh, what you guys do with, with the pantry, but we just said, hey, we're going to start doing some of this. And we were able to bless 150 churches with, with rice and beans and eggs and fish and squash. Trying to be able to, to bless those with what God has given to us. I want my kids, I want my family to see that we don't hold on to what God has given to us with hands like this, but like this. It's not ours. God, how do you want us to use this? And especially today, I think with the younger generation, they want to be able to use their hands. They want, as they give, not only of their, their resources, their, their money, but they want to be able to be a part of it. We are a part of this bigger global family called the Christian and Missionary Alliance. God is doing some pretty cool things around the world because of you and your radical generosity. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. It's more than money. And the third point is radical generosity can be compelling and contagious. It can be contagious. Verses 14 and 15, one of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. Lydia was the first from her household to come to faith. Was it like that for you? You know, as your household looks at you, are you compelling? Has it been contagious? You know, I, I know for me, as I look at, at giving in the larger uh, community, you know, and, and a lot of times it's satisfying, 
to know that I'm not the only one giving. Is it not? You know, a lot of people that, you know, as we look at giving campaigns on social media, you know, it's always the, the first gift to something is always the hardest to get. But after you see, you know, after somebody gives something and, and then boom, the next one and, and the next one because it's contagious. You know, when radical generosity is contagious and, and as you are radical and generous with what God has given to you and people see that, hey, I want to be a part of that. We've had so many people over the years give to Mission 2535. In the very beginning, January of 2015, we, we started this nonprofit, Mission 2535, and somebody uh, in North Jersey said, I will match up to $50,000. Okay, first I gotta go get that then, because you will match it. And it happened. And one of those emails, brother, you know, I've got it. People have given. And then later that year, we finished our factory, 10,000 square foot building. Walls were up. I mean, the walls were up. Nothing else was done. And, and then somebody emailed me and said, you don't know me, but I want to give. What do you need? I said, I need 25,000 to put a roof on. And he said, consider it done. Time and time again, we see what God is doing. We had a church in Wisconsin give $60,000 so that we could uh, build our vocational technical school. There was somebody else that, that gave money so that we could buy a generator. There was somebody else that gave money so that we could uh, build our housing project. On and on and on. People have been so generous Generosity is not something that comes later in life. I had a friend in the very first church I worked in. He said, when I win the lottery, I'm going to give half to the church. It was like, I was praying for him to win the lottery. And then he was in a golf tournament. Joey. He was in a golf tournament. And he got a hole in one. And the winner of the hole in one got $10,000. And I said, half of it goes to the church. So I asked him, he goes, oh, brother, <laughs> I need so much. Generosity doesn't start after you make the first million or the second million. It starts when you have nothing. You don't have to be a millionaire to be generous. You can be generous if you have $3 or $3 million. How generous are you with what God has given to you? You know, when, when we do ministry, when we do humanitarian ministry in the Dominican Republic, we go into a special needs home and we, we just might dance with the kids that are there, share some snacks with them. The vocational technical school will, will welcome those people into the, the community of hope and teach them, give them a trade. Or giving somebody a house, building somebody a house with no strings attached and say, here, this is yours. What does it take to feed the hungry or, or to house the homeless? 
What does it take to, to teach somebody a skill? We need to do it. We just can't, we can't wait for somebody else to do it. We need to become the, the hands and feet of Jesus, amen? We need to be the hands and feet. Continue to be generous, Princeton Alliance Church, with what God has given to you. Thank you so much for your generosity to us so that we can do the work that God has called us to. God has blessed us with a lot. And we just want to be open. We want to hold with what God has given to us with open hands. Will you do the same? Will you do the same with what God has given you? Remember that radical generosity, sometimes there's sacrifice and it doesn't make sense. Radical generosity isn't just giving money. It's more than that. And radical generosity is compelling and contagious. Are you radical the way that you live the Christian life? Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for uh, allowing us to come and to be a part of Prince Alliance Church today, even though it's cold. Big. I want to take a moment to uh, pray for you and Tammy. And as Tammy's uh, making her way up, I just want to share a few next steps for everybody um, to think about. Um, first is pray. Um, you have heard us say it before. Um, prayer is the primary work of um, God's people. So we invite you to join us in praying. Um, subscribe to the Global Outreach um, Prayer Update that we send every month. And if you want to be added to that um, distribution list, um, email us at missions at princetonalliance.org. Each month you will receive um, a summary of how you can pray for our partners. And then the second way to pray is um, we have an online prayer gathering tomorrow. Myself, um, Tammy, and Rick will be there um, tomorrow at 7 p.m. If you would like to join us, um, email us at min missions at princetonalliance.org and we will send you the zoom link the second step is give you've seen a sliver of how your giving made a difference in 2020 would you join us again in 2021 you can go to the princeton alliance website and um, look for the giving tab and on there you'll be able to give to the global ministry fund you can give a one-time gift or you can schedule a recurring gift mm -hmm. that will go towards the work of the Alliance and towards the work of our um, international workers, our partners. And the third step is go. Now, you might be wondering, go. <laughs> um, travel is still a question mark, but because of um, all the obstacles, we're starting to think of some creative ways to continue engaging with our partners. We're planning some virtual mission trips and um, some prayer walks. Not right now, we'll do it when it gets warmer. And um, we also have a class, actually it started um, last Thursday, 
but our partner told us that you can still, they, are still, they have some spots for you. And this is um, just to help you know how to walk alongside your, um, your neighbors and your coworkers and their faith journey. So would you join us in praying, giving, and going? Now let me um, pray for Rick and Tammy. Would you join us? Um, please stand. Dear Heavenly Father, creator of the world, King of Kings, we come to you and thank you for all the work that you are doing globally. Thank you, God, for inviting us to participate in your work. Um, it is a joy, Lord God, to be able to witness um, your power, Lord God, and your faithfulness through the work of our partners, including Rick and Tammy. God, thank you for the countless lives, Lord God, that they have touched in the Dominican Republic. I pray that you will continue to bless them, continue to walk alongside them through the hills and the valleys, Lord God. You have been so faithful to them. I pray that you will bless their family, you will bless their ministry, Lord God, and just continue to bring some innovative ideas, Lord God, so that they can continue pointing people to you, Lord. We thank you for the partnership between PAC and uh, Mission 2535. I pray that you will continue to be in the center of it, Lord God. Guide us, mm -hmm. Lord, in all our plans, big or small, we know that you are there. Amen. And God, for all of us, I pray that you will allow us to experience this radical generosity, Lord. I pray that you will break our heart, Lord, for the things that break yours. Amen. And I pray that we will be able to be Jesus to somebody, Lord. And we ask that you guide us, that you empower us, Lord God, through your Holy Spirit to know and understand how you want us to take our next steps mm. for you. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So Amen. thank you for joining us today. May you find many opportunities to share the love of Jesus Amen. this week. God bless you.